Welcome to Mending Fences, a podcast about effective ways to communicate and live with differences. I'm Patrice Bremner. And I'm Jen Hawthorne. We're both family law mediators and collaborative law attorneys, but our conversations go well beyond family law. We explore the personal, interpersonal, legal, and cultural impact of conflict. Welcome back to Mending Fences. This is Patrice Bremner, and I'm here today with Jen Hawthorne. Hi, Patrice. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Jen? Great. Sunny out. It is, finally. Jen and I actually, right before we were hit the record button, we were talking through what we wanted to talk about today. And and I don't know, this might not be a very long episode, but we wanted to really talk in some general and maybe some specific terms about how people, like just in their lives, learn how to deal with conflict and where does our understanding come from? What are we influenced by as young people and as adults in understanding conflict? I think it's a worthwhile conversation and one we'll probably come back to, you know, many times. And and one like many of our future conversations where the spot we are starting in terms of this conversation is where we are as human beings in terms of our understanding of conflict. And we recognize that our listeners may come to, from a different place in their lives with different understandings of how conflict can happen. And as we continue talking, Patrice and I, we are sharing our personal understanding of it in addition to our professional groundings in that. Yeah, and and so part of our conversation today, when when we were kind of walking through what we might talk about the question and it wasn't really a question but I but a, a realization I had that I shared with Jen is that you know we're both lawyers and lawyers don't learn conflict resolution in law school we are not trained to resolve disputes in law school and Jen you thought that some lawyers might be offended by that but it's right at least but, when i went to law school it was that there was nothing about how to resolve conflicts there was just a lot about how to represent people and ad, and be an advocate the the focus was really on advocacy and how to understand the law and how to interpret the the law as it exists and how to use that to form solid arguments to be used in court to advocate for your clients. It's very court-focused, yeah. at least my experience. I think it's changing a little bit. I know we have a few of our colleagues who are focused on teaching in law schools on topics like collaborative law and mediation. So hopefully that's changing. But for Patrice and I, our law school experience was very much focused on how to be lawyers. Which yes. Maybe some people here as trained to resolve disputes, but it is more trained how to argue your client's point in a dispute. Yeah, I remember the the term I heard a lot in law school was that we were being trained how to think like lawyers and and that really meant think like advocates and be able to I mean there's great benefit in that training I think I think I in my throughout my life I've benefited from being able to see a situation kind of dispassionately from a lot of different sides and understand how to look at things maybe more objectively and there's some benefit in that even in dispute resolution there are benefits to that I totally agree part of what you learn is how to flip the lens on any fact pattern 
so that you could make a comprehensive and concrete argument on either side of any case. Mm -hmm. And that in and of itself allows you to step back from what you're being told as a dispute resolution professional and look at the situation differently. And I think it does help in many cases to step back from your own position as well. Absolutely. So we came to dispute resolution. Maybe this is a conversation for another day, but we both came to the type of dispute resolution we do now, kind of from different parts of lawyering even, and came to what we do now with excitement. We're, I think, enthusiastic about what we do. And we get excited when we make discoveries or connect the dots. And and so sometimes I think we might be wanting to share some insight that sounds perhaps naive to other folks who work within other disciplines for whom this is not new. (laughs) But for us, a lot of this is still like, it's not what we were trained to do necessarily, but it's what we want to do and what we've come to quite voluntarily. Right. We were trained to focus less on emotions and to focus more on facts and to be really good dispute resolution professionals, you have to know how to take into account how people's emotions are affecting what they're thinking about and how they're viewing that conflict. Yes. And to ask questions that as lawyers, we might've been trained to avoid like, but why do you want that? (laughs) That would be a great conversation for another day. Ask lots of questions that you don't know the answer to. Right. Right. But, But this conversation really for me then goes back to, where do we, like, what were our first experiences in learning how to deal with conflict? Where do people get that? I mean, we have to deal with it. As human beings, we deal with conflict all the time, whether we're conscious of it or not. But where did we learn the skills? And I've identified, you know, in conversation with Jen, we've identified sort of some formal influences and some informal influences. And for me, I mean, I think my first conflict training was with my sibling. When Patrice first asked me this question earlier today, you know, where do people learn how to deal with conflict? The very first image that flashed into my mind was my sister as a little girl. And you can't see us on this podcast, but I am pretty far from being a little girl now. And my sister is close to my age. So it was an image from a long time ago. But that's really, I think my interactions with her definitely form the foundation of how I started to learn how to deal with conflict. She was the person I was in conflict the most and the person I was working through conflicts with the most for a huge chunk of my life. Yeah. And sometimes still. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's siblings and I'm sure to some extent parents, um, I'm the parent of an only child. So she doesn't have the benefit of that sibling relationship. And so she's learning I guess, I mean, I, I'd, I'd love to have this conversation with her when she's an adult, but I think that her conflict resolution or her conflict style is really going to be based on what she's observed, you know, from her parents. And she's watching parents who are, you know, one of whom is a trained dispute resolution professional. And so it's got to be different than what I grew up with for sure. Yeah, my my parents largely kept their personal conflicts away from my sister and I, which I, of course, now know is good parenting, but it didn't provide us the model to watch how they had a dialogue going with each other because it would be shut down pretty quickly in front of us and and taken up again later. 
But now with my kids, I have three of my own and two bonus kids. So it's a very different household than what Patrice's uh, child is experiencing. And there is lots and lots of conflict. And the two adults in the house are both dispute resolution professionals. (laughs) So it's, it's an interesting mix of, of watching them try to resolve their own conflict at times in a sort of Lord of the Flies manner. And then when we intervene, we do often fall back on our mediator skills. Yeah, I know as a kid, I also experienced the conflict re- the, or the the ways I dealt with conflict with my peers, like with friends or or other um, students at school was different than with my sibling. And, and I think there's a lot of rich conflict learning with peers and at school um, and on playgrounds, <laughs> but just That's another... really true. Yeah. I, I think I was, as a child, really conflict avoidant with people outside of my household or outside of my fairly close friends and family. But my fairly close friends and family would say that I was poised to be a lawyer from a very young age <laughs> because I definitely like to argue my points. Yeah, I was I was that kid in school also. I was I I was a great advocate and could and a good orator. <laughs> I think I was told I could make good arguments and and I was persuasive. But I don't know. I I mean I yeah, that's a conversation for another day. I'm not sure how well it helped me. I'm not sure. I don't know what it, how it helped me in conflicts, but I'm just trying to think through a list of other influences that people have sort of informally, knowing or not, they're learning how to deal with conflict. Another one that we came up with besides school was in a faith community, people might learn something about conflict or conflict resolution. Right. And I think, I don't remember my family was a church family when I was a kid. And I don't remember them specifically talking about conflict resolution, but I do remember my parents talking about folks talking to the priest and things like that about disputes that they were having in their marriages and things like that. So I at least had an idea that conflict resolution could happen by talking to someone. Um, And in school, I know I definitely drew the conclusion that lots of conflicts were resolved through trips to the principal's office with or without consequences, and that you were bringing that to that authority figure. And even as a younger adult in the workplace, I think a lot of conflicts, HR is designed around being the folks to resolve conflicts, but it rarely reaches that level. Much more often, I think your conflicts are resolved by whoever is immediately above you. Yeah. That's interesting. And so when you think about, I'm thinking about like kids in school and my, I have to really think back because it was so long ago, but I think there was, and and tell me if you recognize this, Jen, I think there was sort of this almost two-tiered system in my mind. There was like that what was going on between peers, like kids at grade school, like elementary school. And we had our own sort of, like you were saying, Lord of the Flies system that was in place. And and the idea was don't escalate this to the grownups if you can avoid it. But if you have to, you have to. I think that went well beyond elementary school. I, I can think of incidences in high school where that was definitely the the students and and like my friends and my peers mentality. Right. 
So I've ha- I've heard people now. bring this up in cases. I'm just making this realization that I think I've heard people talk about like sitting through mediation or a collaborative case and and maybe sometimes referencing, oh, I feel like I'm in the principal's office. Have you I don't know that I've heard that exact that exact phrase? But I do think that at times our clients look to us as that authority figure. And it's an interesting position to be in where we're not decision makers in any capacity. We are just facilitators. Right. I'm thinking about when I've heard it, and I've heard it once that I you know, specifically remember, and it was in a collaborative case and thinking, wow, wh- why does that seem that way to that person? Because this is nothing like that from my perspective, yeah. but that might have, and I, I'm now just reflecting on it and I don't know the answer, but for whatever reason, there was something similar for that person in our process. Um, and maybe it was their first experience of any kind of formal conversation or facilitated conversation in conflict with someone. I don't know, but it was laughed at. It was a joke, but it was also like, like, I don't know. It stuck with me. It's a good reminder. And it sort of falls into the category of things that may seem obvious to other people, but it just sort of made me cognizant again of the, the fact that our clients come to us with a lot of baggage and thinking about what their prior experiences with conflict might have been, it's really important. I know we we talk about a lot of times as a team what their marriage looked like, you know, what sort of steps they took to try to resolve issues, had things escalated, had things ever become physical, things like that. But thinking back even further to when those folks sitting in our office were children and what their level of discussion around conflict might have been at any stage could be informative of how well they're going to handle the process. Yeah. What sort of traumas exist in their background. And they may have been exposed to so many different influences or so many different, so many different influences around conflict from siblings to parents, to peers, to school settings, like we were right. talking, like in a religious setting, and those can be really different. Like each faith community can have a really different idea of of what the rules are and how the rules will be enforced. And, and who has a voice and who doesn't. Yes, yes. And if someone has a military background, they're going to come in right. with a different idea of how conflict can be viewed or if they've had experience in law enforcement as a as as a career choice or on the other end of it yeah i i know for myself i you know i i said earlier that when i was a kid people used to joke that i should be a lawyer and i would argue a point i thought really rationally to its end Um, And I never could understand why people didn't, you know, definitely agree with me. And my dad, at one point when there was a family conflict in my larger family um, involving his siblings and things like that, and I intervened after not becoming a lawyer, because that would not have been useful in this conversation, but after all of my mediation training, I intervened and I reframed both points that different family members were making. And I offered some thoughts on how we could solve the problem without taking a position and without arguing either point. And my dad looked at me and he said, wow, I did not realize when you were a kid that what it would take is sending you to law school and then letting you become trained as a mediator. 
for you to really learn the art of diplomacy. Wow. And that really stuck with me um, because, I mean, he thought it was funny. But um, it just really highlights for me, like every time I'm looking at my child who is very much like me, and she will say things like, people tell me I should be a lawyer. I try now to take the things that I learned in mediation training as an adult and sort of remind her of them now so that maybe she'll skip that really argumentative defensive stage and get straight to the diplomacy. Yes, the diplomacy stage. Yeah, I think I was always pretty diplomatic, honestly, and had to grow into the advocacy piece um, and then come full circle. So yeah, I'd like to have that conversation sometime and go deeper into it. But I think that, you know, my goal in today's conversation was to kind of look look at what what the influences might be that we you know we might not ever know from our clients where their early influences were and how to deal with conflict. Um, but my big, I guess, my big interest in in having this conversation was just to recognize that you know people may or may not have had any formal exposure to dispute resolution. They may not even have the concept of dispute resolution. When we have these conversations and and, and put together these episodes, some of what we're talking about may be really exciting to us and sound so ordinary to some of our listeners, but there be other, but there will be other people for whom it is as new as it is for us. Right. Right. I think we are, you know, mid-path in our in our life course of where we are in terms of conflict and everybody shows up to these conversations in a different place. So we hope that for those of you that this is useful, that you listen and you take some of what we learned and you're able to apply it. And for those of you that might not think that what we're saying is so revolutionary or so novel, we hope that you keep listening and that we say something that interests you in a future conversation. And we'll keep talking. We will keep talking. Thanks, Jen.